Have you ever talked to someone that was so brilliant? Uh, you knew that you were over your skis trying to talk to them about a subject, but uh, yet you talk to them about a subject. Well, that's the way I feel about our next guest, because uh, the man has a brilliance. Uh, he's one of those people, one of those rare people that I run across who has a resume that is incredible, but it's all true. You know, resumes, often people will beef their resumes up and you can see after you talk to them, maybe not so much. They're not so much of this and that as they propose, but Dr. Robert Malone is all of it. And when you talk to him, he is a, an encyclopedia of knowledge about so many things. And so he was at uh, CPAC and we had a chance to talk to him and we're, we're going to play that exchange with you in just a minute. Um, one funny thing about it, I will tell you this up, up front. We were, I was on the stage hosting a panel at CPAC and they were running over an hour late and I was, Dr. Malone was waiting for me so I could interview him, but I had no way of contacting him because I was on the stage. So when we got to the booth on Radio Row afterwards, I was a little frantic and then I was having to uh, text and call and try to find him. So when he finally got to the booth with his wife, Jill, who's so sweet, wonderful, brilliant herself, uh, we were so late that we didn't have as much time with him as we had hoped. And while I'm trying to talk to him, people are holding up saying, it's time to cut, cut, cut. So I'm trying to concentrate while I talk to this man, this brilliant man who's saying brilliant things. I'm trying to respond with some sort of co cohesiveness as I'm watching this over the back of his head. So you'll hear some of that. You'll hear a little bit of the confusion. I'm going to leave it in there because I thought, well, you might as well kind of get a feeling for what it's like to do live radio. So, um, so we'll hear from Dr. Malone in just a second. By the way, this is Sandy Rios uh, from Sandy Rios 24-7. That's what you're listening to. Uh, and we are sponsored by Preborn.com. Uh, Preborn does provide ultrasounds for women who are in a pregnancy that they're not sure uh, they want to have. They're not sure they want to keep that baby. And the ultrasound provides a way for them to see the baby for the first time. And so that's what we talk about mostly because that's what they do. But they also offer pregnant women financial and material assistance, and they counsel them. They counsel them on adoption, pregnancy tests, ultrasounds, parenting classes. And also they are an absolute Christian ministry where they tell these girls and their husbands or boyfriends or whoever's ear they can get about the redemptive power of Jesus Christ. Uh, the forgiveness and all of that. And so they minister to, to the women, not only their physical needs, but also the spiritual. If you would like to help them, I'll go to preborn.com slash Sandy. That's preborn.com slash Sandy. And if you'd like to contact us, you can do that by calling 662-821-2040, 662-821-2040. Or you can write us at Sandy at AFR. Dot net. That's Sandy at AFR.net. All right, so we were at CPAC 2023 uh, at National Harbor, Maryland, at the Gaylord Hotel recently, and we captured so many fascinating people on tape. And one of the most fascinating is Dr. Robert Malone. So sit back and relax and enjoy this discussion on Sandy Rios. 24-7. From American Family Radio, Sandy Rios. We are not called to be nice. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in D.C. is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. I think the most important thing we need to demonstrate to our children is genuineness. 
that we actually believe what we say we believe. A longtime Fox News contributor, Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. Seek justice, not social justice, but God's justice, what's right and what's wrong. Sandy Rios is with the American Family Association, a pro-life radio talk show host. We've got to say this is the line. Life is sacred. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up, speak up, say something, do something. This is Sandy Rios, and this is Sandy Rios 24-7, and all that noise is all those people who come to CPAC every year, and I'm one of them. Uh, but this year, I have the privilege of interviewing one of my favorite people, one of the people I admire the most right now. His name is Dr. Robert Malone, and he's, if he can hear me, he's sitting across the table. Hi, Dr. Malone. How are you? Hi, Sandy. I'm doing good. How about yourself? I'm go- doing good. A little frantic. I just got off the stage, and they were running late, and you know how that goes. Yep. But you're a doctor. If you got something to prescribe for me to settle down a little bit. <laughs> beta blockers. <laughs> uh, beta blockers, or whatever that is. I, yeah. Okay, so you really don't need much of an introduction, but I will say that you, among a million other things, are the inventor of the um, mRNA vaccine, at least the technology. And uh, that's a good and bad thing. And I don't even want to get sidetracked with that. But that's the way your mind works. You did that back at the Salk Institute, I think in 1988, something like that. Yeah, 88, 89, 90. And the, the best part about your resume is that you went to Northwestern. You know, <laughs> my husband and I, are, we're Chicagoans. So okay. Yeah, so that, that means you're okay with us. Okay. Uh, were you there during the Bears? During the where? Bears fun? Bears. Remember the Chicago Oh, Bears? yeah, yeah, for sure, for yeah, sure. Yeah, well. With, with the fridge. Yes, well, <laughs> I sang the, you don't know that I sang the, the national anthem for the Chicago Bears three times during their Super Bowl years. Wow, cool. Yeah, so some of the, I knew the, some of the Bears, I knew Mike Ditka, so it's fun. Is that why I jo- you joined me? Probably not. All right. I, I think the biggest story, Dr. Malone, for those of you that for some way must be on another planet, has been one of the, besides all of his resume, he's one of those rare people who has all of these credentials and has done so much in his life, but was willing actually to sacrifice or put those on the line or take risk by stepping out to speak the truth on the COVID vaccines and on the masks and all of it. And you've seen him, if you've been paying attention, uh, he was one of our champions and remains that. But let's talk about what's happening now. I think the biggest story, to me, right now, is the threatened takeover of our health care decisions by the World Health Organization. I think you have a few words to say about that, don't you? Yeah, you're talking about the international health regulations uh, modifications to the original 2005 IHRs that um, guide the interaction between the World Health Organization and member nation states. And these uh, modifications to the international health regulations have been written by the U.S. Health and Human Services and um, basically promoted globally by the Biden administration. And the, the issue here is that Um, The Biden administration is attempting to bypass the Senate, which normally has to approve any treaties. And they basically tried to figure out a backdoor way to bootstrap this in as as having the force of a treaty without allowing the Senate to actually vote on it. Uh, Senator Ron Johnson has written a bill trying to oppose this, and he's only got 17 senators that will back him out out of 100. And um, what's at stake here is that it would put Tedros, the director general of the World Health Organization, that's basically been put in that position by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and the CCP. It would give him the right to declare a public health emergency in a nation state or globally 
and to um, put in place recommendations, really requirements, for how that public health emergency has to be managed. In other words, this would allow the World Health Organization to basically put spies or agents in member states and to bypass the U.S. Constitution or U.S. law to implement any public health measures that he would deem appropriate in the event that he declares a public health emergency, which could be, for instance, a public health emergency of gun violence. It could be anything. There's no limits to what he can declare to be a public health emergency and then implement whatever uh, policies and procedures he wants. This is our government proposing this, okay? Um, and then uh, since the World Health Organization does not have any enforcement arm, what's proposed is that the World Trade Organization would become the enforcement arm for the World Health Organization so that if we did not comply or say the government of Mexico or Bolivia or Uruguay or Central African Republic or South America or I'm sorry South Africa if they did not comply with whatever Mr. Tedros demands then they would be subject to trade sanctions international trade sanctions and that's this is something that our government has proposed that the Biden administration has proposed and it got sidetracked the last time they tried to ram this through they proposed this two Februarys ago so a full year ago and tried to ram it through and it was stopped by a consortium of African nations together with Brazil who objected to the loss of national sovereignty and so now they're trying to come back and play it again and do the same tricks and backdoor it and avoid Senate um, oversight. Um, and it's our it's Biden administration that is pushing this uh, basically unconstitutional process um, over the heads of all of us without any discussion. Fortunately, the news is that after discussing this for the last couple of days, the World Health Organization has sent it back to member states for comment. And what they've done is put in woke language like uh, they will respect the sovereignty of individual nation states, but none of it has any teeth. So it's another one of these cases of what they put in wishy-washy language and leave it subject to interpretation, which means that some future administration can decide to play this however they want um, and the WHO can play it however they want. This has got to be stopped. It has to be stopped. We're talking about national sovereignty, which is the battle we've had for years with international forces like the UN. It's been a constant battle, Dr. Malone, in various you know, form, forms, and we've always managed to overcome, like the International Court of Human Rights and all of that. Uh, but this is a big battle, and we'll be, we'll be talking about that more on this show. I'll be talking about this more, but thank you for explaining that. Um, they're talking now about another pandemic. Of course, we, whoever they are, uh, ha according to what I'm reading, has planned for us another another wonderful adventure. I think bird flu I was hearing today is an issue. I don't know if they're going to use bird flu, but do you think they could actually do this, perpetrate this in the same way on the world a second time? I mean, haven't people had enough? Do you think there'll be some rebellion right up front? Do you think they can actually pull this off again? I don't know. I, who would have thought that they could have pulled off what they've done? Who, who would have thought that the government of Canada would become basically a captive state to the World Economic Forum. Who would have thought that the government of New Zealand and the government of Australia would behave in this way? Who would have thought that Australians would be forced into the crazy situation that they have where they've had the 
um, various police forces cracking heads over whether or not somebody's going to take a shot. I mean, the whole thing is just absolutely bonkers, barking mad. And uh, will they do it again? They've learned that a lot of power and a lot of profit can be generated through weaponizing public health. Why would they not do it again? Well, right, and, and our healthcare system had never made amends and it would be glad to make money hand over fist again from another pandemic. So I'm not optimistic either. And it's, you're, you've got, you're putting your finger on a key point. The existing public health infrastructure thrives and grows when there's a public health crisis. They have a conflict of interest. They like public health crises. It's good for their business. It's good for their bureaucracies. It's good for their budgets. Somehow, we've got to separate them from public policy because they have an intrinsic conflict of interest to, to gin up these crises. And that's what we've seen is a false crisis that's been manufactured. Even Mr. Gates acknowledges it now. This question is kind of personal, and I, you and I have talked before in other settings, so I hope I'm not asking something out of line, but in one of our conversations, you told me that you'd been vaccinated, and you're actually concerned about that. And the reason I bring it up is because you know that you're talking to people that lots of them have had vaccinations, their children have, their grandchildren, so families. I'm, I'm, so, Sandy, I am absolutely vaccine-injured. Um, I took uh, Moderna on the first wave. Moderna is one of the most toxic of the three, or now four available in the United States. And I took it when the National Guard came into Virginia and they were deploying it. And I, and I was, there was so much discussion, I had long COVID, that if you took the jab and you got that additional antigen, it might help kick your immune system into full gear and overcome long COVID. Furthermore, I knew I needed to travel to Europe. And I couldn't travel outside of the United States if I didn't take the jab. So I took it. I absolutely regret it. And with jab number two, which turns out to be one of the bad batches, if you look up how bad is my batch, I came close to dying. I developed systolic hypertension, so high blood pressure, to 230 millimeters of mercury. That's life-threatening. And fortunately, I had a cardiologist as my physician who caught it. And I've been treated for hypertension and... Um, high heart rate tachycardia ever since. I continue to need to be treated. I never had any problems with my heart rate or my blood pressure before this. I've always been very active. I run a farm with my wife. Um, I pride myself in being able to outwork 20-somethings. And then I had this, and it absolutely kicked me hard. And um, the good news is that I've recently completed the FLCCC recovery program that was designed by Paul Merrick and Pierre Corey, together with taking an agent called natokinase. I'm not making recommendations, just telling you what I did. And it has absolutely helped me have more energy, stamina, alertness, and helped me with many of my symptoms. But I continue to have to be treated for high blood pressure and high heart rate. You know, the, the Thank you for saying all of that and repeating that because um, you know that there are so many people listening who are worried sick. Uh, they're worried sick about their family and about themselves. And it just seems like um, 
uh, you just gave us, you filled in the blanks, because I was going to ask you, are there treatments, and you just answered that. It's the FLCC. I think, I think there is hope. Yeah, okay, well, that's good, because I think hope is important. Yeah. Without hope, the people perish, the but, Bible says. But we must all work together to keep this from happening again. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, so I want to talk again about you personally a little bit, because one of the things that I've noticed, I'm going to let you go. I know you have another interview, uh, but you write, your blog is fascinating. Oh, thank you. You know, your mind is just now, all over the place. Remember, it's me and my wife, Dr. Jill Glasgow well, Malone. her mind is all over the place, too, and I actually love it. I think I told you last time we talked, I love your weekend funnies, whatever it is. <laughs> you, you write the best things. Friday funnies and the Sunday strip. Everybody, yeah. uh, we're, we're going to be doing those until we die. <laughs> They're great. <laughs> They're just great. But one thing that you printed recently that really caught my eye, and I, I read it, I listened to it three times, Did I Just Leave a Cult by... Sasha Stone. Yes, that's a fantastic piece, isn't it? It is a fantastic piece. It's about uh, a girl who was raised by a hippie, as I recall. Yeah, and in she, Laurel Canyon, California. Yeah, and so she relays how this whole business of COVID and the other thing, wokeness, all of it, the broader spectrum of the control and the words and all of that is like being in a cult. She makes that point. She makes it beautifully. But um, what, what kinds of things do you read that brings all this stuff, because you also just wrote The Banality of Evil, which was fascinating, about the answers to why, who's doing all of this, who's at the bottom of it. But so the question is, how, how, what kinds of things do you read? Because you quote famous people, you quote famous literature. So how do you spend your private time? Well, Jill and I were both educated at what turns out in retrospect to be one of the top high schools in, in the United States. Um, it's a little tiny high school uh, north of Santa Barbara in a community that was, at the time, all full of engineers and others that were brought to the Santa Barbara area to work mostly in defense. And so the children of those people all went to the same high school. Um, also, Katy Perry graduated from there, just to, just to be clear on that. <laughs> Wait a minute, um, well, there's some balance. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, we, Jill and I wake up every morning uh, and have our cup of coffee the dogs wake us up and then we start talking about current events and we look at all kinds of sources real clear politics uh, conservative media various types um, and uh, I always enjoy the British publication called Unheard H-E-R-D is the way that's spelled that's a great source um, so we look at many different sources of media the scientific literature People send us stuff all the time. And in the case of that particular article that you're talking about, I knew that I was getting... What happens is we get questions all the time from people from all over the world about the COVID crisis and the mismanagement and what's going on politically and all these things. And so we have a pretty good sense of what, what people are really worried about. Um, and, you know, none of the things that you've mentioned here were any surprise. We hear the same things all the time. And one of the things that everybody wants to get to the bottom of and was the topic of our book, uh, The Lies by Government Told Me and The Better Future Coming, was trying to make sense out of what the heck has happened to us and who were the puppet masters and how did all this happen? And... Um, so that essay that you're talking about that started off with a Venn diagram and everybody <laughs> teased me about the vice president. I had no idea that that was her favorite uh, toy. Um, but it was, it was my attempt to make 
clear that I don't think there's any one actor here. I think that we have the confluence of a failure to think clearly, a failure of knowledge as one of the big drivers. There is absolutely nefarious scheming actors. There's no way that you can deny that, that the World Economic Forum and Klaus Schwab and the big banks and all that have been involved in in, in exploiting this opportunity and in some way helping create it. Uh, and then and then there's the problem where we have such a complex system, administratively, organizationally, globally, economically. So complex systems have their own emergent phenomena, things that you can't always predict are going to happen. And I think what we've had is the intersection of all three of those. And right at the middle of that intersection is what Hannah Arndt called the banality of evil. That um, Eichmann and so many others in the Nazi era were basically their their position is we were just doing our job. We were, you know, trying to improve ourselves. We were trying to advance politically, and none of them ever thought about the profound evil that they were engaged in. And that's the point of Hannah Arndt's banality of evil. And I think that that is at the core of the evil that we all can see has emerged. Yeah, I think you're right. I wanted to ask you one last question. Um, I got I got to run. All right. But it's been a, but it's been a kick. You know, let's talk again. Sometime we're always in a hurry. I would love to have longer with you cuz you say all these things and I have can't even respond, but <laughs> I I love talking to you and I love reading what you write. So, God okay. bless you, Dr. Malone. Thanks, Sandy. Great Look to forward see to our you next again. chat. Okay, okay, great. Bye-bye. Thank you. Okay. Well, someday we're going to talk to Dr. Malone without a time pressure. Every time I talk to him, I'm we're out somewhere at some event and something happens, but uh, I really really enjoyed what he had to say. I just was uh, wanting more interaction, but I, I know I learned a lot from that, and I bet you did too. And I think just even knowing that Dr. Malone uh, was injured from the vaccine, vaccine is just amazing. It's not, not a happy thought, but it's certainly part of what drives him. So uh, I just hope that you enjoyed that as much as I did. Let me just say to you that we have a sponsor. It's Preborn. Uh, I don't know if you know that, but one out of four women have had abortions in the United States. The interesting thing is the physical danger of having an abortion is real, and people don't talk about it. Sometimes abortion can even lead to death. It could certainly lead to the lack of the ability to bear children in the future. Um, and also, it, it has psychological effects. It, it produces lifelong anguish and guilt that women can experience uh, even after abortion. And also for their husbands or their boyfriends, I'm telling you, I've talked to men uh, on the air in Chicago. I opened the phone lines once, and I couldn't believe I got call after call from men who had uh, encouraged their girlfriends, or, or mostly girlfriends, but sometimes wives, to abort their babies, and they've never forgotten it. They remember the birthday. Uh, they remember the gender. It was very hard on them. It just is damaging. And so... Um, this is something that we need to stop in any way we can for every reason under the sun. It's immoral. It hurts women physically. It hurts them mentally. It hurts. It kills the baby. It hurts the, the men. And even if they don't feel it, it does damage to their soul. Because what man on this earth uh, would not protect their own child and give their life? What woman? The same thing. It is, it, it is against nature to destroy your own children. So preborn tries to stop that from happening and the damage to the parents for making that decision by showing them, the moms, a picture of the baby in the womb. It's uh, 
$28 for one ultrasound, just $28. And if you would like to help us to stop this travesty, it's been around for so long, we just sometimes these words become cliche, but they are not cliche uh, for the women who are affected by this. Uh, you can go to preborn.com slash Sandy. That's preborn.com slash Sandy and make your most generous donation. We're going to take a little bit of a break, but when we come back, Bruce is going to join me. We're going to discuss some of the things we heard Dr. Malone say on Radio Row at CPAC. So stay tuned. Sandy Rios 24-7 is growing, and we want to help you grow too. If your business or nonprofit is interested in sponsoring Sandy Rios 24-7, you can email us at infoagemedia247 at gmail.com. That's infoagemedia247 at gmail.com. This is Sandy Rios 24-7 on American Family Radio. Okay, Sandy Rios back with you on Sandy Rios 24-7, along with my sweetheart, Bruce, who's agreed to join me. That was fun interviewing Dr. Malone, wasn't it? It was a fun moment when you're waving at me that I... That he's got to get to another interview. <laughs> Dr. Long. You're the one waving at me over his head. <laughs> yes. You have to understand at CPAC, um, it's a long roll of radio hosts, and Dr. Malone is a five-star out of five-star <laughs> guest, and everyone wants him yeah. on their show. Yeah. And I was so happy that Sandy was able to get him to come over and speak to us. But like she says... The bookers and people are waving like, we want him next. We yeah, want yeah, him yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, like I was supposed to concentrate through all of that. But uh, anyway, I, I just, I really, as a person, I enjoy him so much. He has yes. a great sense of humor. And actually, we have, we've developed a nice relationship. And so, and it's a real privilege. to And his wife, Jill. I mm-hmm. just think the world of her, too. But all right. So, Bruce, the thing that we talked about many things. But the, the headline seemed to me the, the intent to take over. Uh, the declarations of health emergencies in this country by the World Health Organization. What struck you about that? Well, it's amazing that we as a country, you know, we keep ceding away or, or giving away so much of our power to govern ourselves to people that are unelected, uh, whether they be our bureaucrats here that run agencies. And now we're talking about giving it to a foreign agency, an international agency, the World Health Organization, who we've already dealt with in this COVID mess, and we know that our best interests are not their best interests. They are a money-making, money-driven organization. I'd say health is not their interest. Well, they're actually, and also, their main source of control is the CCP, the Communist Party. And Boutros was put in place. The, the guy who runs the World Health Organization has a whole history of, of, of communism, and he was handpicked by the CCP to run this. And that's why President Trump tried to get us out of the World Health Organization. You heard, um, you will hear in a future conversation that discussed at more length. And so, but uh, President Biden, as soon as he, just the ink was hardly, you know, dry on whatever papers were signed when he became president and he reinstated our relationship with the World Health Organization. It's very dangerous. Yeah, we have to remember that, um our government is invested in these um, bad actors now. The big pharmacy companies, uh, just think about why they did not want ivermectin given to people that had COVID. It's because no one was going to make money on ivermectin. Uh, They were trying to come up with, um, say, a drug by one of the big farm companies so that 
everyone could you know buy their stock all the government people could buy their stock and make money on it so uh we have to be very careful because you know this term that dr malone spoke about um the who declaring a public health emergency just think about that talk about a broad statement a public health emergency well, that could entail all kinds of things you know um uh, he, they talked about, well, uh, any, anything that causes death could be considered an emergency. Now think about that. So if they decide, you know what, too many people are being killed by handguns. So the WHO is going to now come to America and tell us, you know, your Second Amendment rights, they're out the window because we have decided this is a public the, health emergency. Yeah, public health and emergency. They don't just declare it. They get to they get to lay out the protocols, like they did on COVID, like the distancing, the masks, mm -hmm. uh, the closing down of businesses. They all of that. They're going to be in charge of that. And so, uh, the, it it really is a terrible thing. It reminds me a lot. You you said when you started speaking that we are ceding our sovereignty to these international agencies, and I think of the. The, the criminal court, the World Criminal Court, they wanted to try, uh, be able to try some of our soldiers right. and some of our CIA agents for things we did in Iraq and Iran. And if it hadn't been for uh, President Bush and others through the, through the last decades, uh, they would have been over here taking, arresting uh, some of our people, taking them to the international courts. And just think, it would be, it would be just like what the J6ers are finding in D.C. It's like a foreign country, people who hate you, uh, with no justice possible at yeah. all. Yeah, I mean, I think of like the immigration issue. Um, you can bet that if this was to pass and come into effect, the WHO declaring these emergencies, that they would select immigration because they would say, you know what, by the U.S. not letting all these people in, they're dying trying to get there with no place to go. And so we would be singled out. You can bet because China is pulling the strings, that the United States would be singled out as you need to take every immigrant that wants to leave their country and go somewhere. You can bet China would not be taking them. You can bet Canada wouldn't be taking them. It would be the United States. Yes. You know, the other issue that's very dangerous on this is climate change or whatever you want to call mm -hmm. it now. Because they're trying to make that a big health risk. They're telling us we're all going to die. And, they, I, I, and I, they, I could see them in a heartbeat declaring some sort of a health emergency because we, the CO2 was still too high, so we have to stop driving our cars or, uh, you know, fill in the blank, or we can't heat our homes anymore. We're destroying the planet. We're hurting human beings, and we have to stop this. It, you can take it to the bank that that will be unincluded in the panoply of things they're going to declare health emergencies. The scary thing about it is, Bruce, it's it's almost imminent. It's not even, it's, I'm not saying it's absolutely unstoppable, but it is pretty much, it's hurtling down the track, and no one is talking about it. Well, I don't think this administration would object much to it because it seems like the CCP agenda very much tracks with the Biden agenda, I don't know if that's because Biden has been compromised by them. I would, I would probably guess that's the, the case. And another thing is that there are so many people that are making money in this country off our cozy relationship with China to the detriment of the, the large amount of us, but to their benefit. And um, this, you know, this 
power to declare this emergency. You can see where this could be shoehorned into getting rid of anything that yeah. they decided. You know, you can think up a, a, a hokey reason to do almost anything. Absolutely. And Bruce, that reminds you, remember we, we heard Vivek Ramaswamy speak recently at an event. Vivek has declared himself a candidate for president. He's got a fascinating personal story. He's a, a hedge fund manager. He's a very wealthy young guy, smart, smart, smart. I don't know where he stands on issues, so I'm not endorsing him. I'm just telling you he's very smart. And on this, he's very smart because he says American businessmen, businessmen, get out of China now. Get out, get out. It's your patriotic duty. It's going to be painful, but you're going to have to do it or you're going to completely lose your country. And I think he's right. Yes, he says that the United States business community needs to have a divorce from China. Yeah. Yes, and that means all of us are hooked on their products. It's going to be painful, but we have, we're going to have to do that. I, I completely agree with him. Well, this has been quite the discussion. You're going to hear us talking about um, this dilemma, this imminent disaster of turning over our sovereignty to the World Health Organization uh, on, on public health issues. It, it could be an absolute disaster. We'll talk about it further on a different day. Uh, if you have a comment about any of this, you can call us at 662 821 You can write us at sandy at afr.net. And you can, of course, listen to us on all the podcast platforms from Spotify to Amazon to whatever your favorite is. And afr.net is our homepage. That's where we belong, American Family Radio. Uh, and so there are your choices, and you can find us all over social media. So I hope that you will avail yourself of those resources. And we really do thank you for listening. Sweetheart, thank you for joining me today. Great to be here. Okay. And so we live for another podcast. So I hope that you'll come back and join us again for the next Sandy Rios 24-7.